You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Hi guys, it's been a minute. I have kind of ghosted social media a little bit and I truly did not intend on doing that. And I certainly ghosted the podcast for a while. I had really great intentions to record all these episodes, to edit all these client interviews that I have backlogged and put them scheduled so that when I was away and everything with the wedding and the honeymoon that there would be weekly episodes still. That was a really nice fantasy. I was really glad that I made that plan for myself in my head maybe next time, but that's just honestly not who I am. So maybe one day I'll be that person. I would love to be that person. But for now, we're back. And I thought that I would start with a life update podcast, just kind of getting you up to speed on what's been going on with me and why I've taken this massive hiatus and where I've been and what's going to be going on moving forward. If you care to know about my life, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, Keep on listening because I'm going to get you updated. We're going to talk about the wedding and the honeymoon, how these things felt being in recovery. I think it's really nice to add that in there too. Also talk about some fitnessing, fitness, not fitnessing, coaching, (laughs) and then my business as well. So yeah, let's get into it. I got married on September 1st, which was almost three weeks ago now, which it feels like an actual lifetime ago. But Leading up to the wedding, I I was, as Adrian called me, not Bridezilla. I was Craftzilla. I had planned so many DIYs to do for this wedding to just put my personal touch on it, to make it mine, to make it beautiful, to live up to the vision that I had created in my mind. And it was really nice having all of these ideas of DIYs in my mind and then eventually it came the time to actually do the DIYs and I had been slowly doing them for a while. I probably started doing all of my DIYs. I don't even know. I got married in September so it was probably, I'm gonna say probably June that I started working on things but it was a very slow working on things. It was a very, you know, oh like I'll work on it when I want to and if I don't feel like it then I don't have to and that kind of thing, that nice little flow and balance. However, it got to a point where there was no room for flow and balance anymore. And I had to get my ass into gear and do all of the things. And I'm also not very good at delegating all the things because I like doing all the things and I wanted to do all the things. So I pretty much did all of the things myself. I did let my parents help me towards the end with certain things and that was really helpful so thanks mom and dad if you're listening but yeah I at the end was craftzilla because I just had so many things and (laughs) my motto became a b c always be crafting no free time just crafts so all the things that I planned maybe to let you in on a little bit of what I actually did for all of my crafting as I was craftzilla I made all the signage for the wedding. So I bought these like little acrylic signs, these kind of arch shaped pieces of acrylic. And my best friend and I, Tara, we bought a Cricut machine together and we have joint custody of this Cricut machine. And so I made all the signage with the Cricut and then I painted the backs of these acrylic signs, the colors of the wedding, which were kind of like 
terracotta, dusty rose, champagne rose. I don't know if you can visualize what those colors actually look like, but kind of like, you know, brownie, orangey, brownie, pinky, brownie, creamy, if that makes sense. Anyway, and so I made all the signage. So I made a sign for the dessert bar, for the kind of order of events that was on the little water table when guests came to the ceremony. I made a bar sign that was really cute. It had, um, I got a cartoon made of my dog, Archer. And so I made this little sign that said Archie's bar. (laughs) It was really, really cute. That was my favorite one that I made. Um, I made all the table numbers and on the table numbers, I actually put a picture of Adrian and I at that age. So, you know, table one had a picture of both of us when we were one, table two when we were two. It was really cute all the way up to we had 13 tables total. What else did I make? Oh, I also had a a little sign for, we had a Polaroid guest book. So instead of just writing in a book, all of our guests could take a picture of themselves with these kind of Insta Polaroid cameras that I got from Facebook Marketplace. And then they could write in a little note alongside their picture. So I made a sign for that. I also had a table with family photos. So photos of my parents and Adrian's parents, my grandparents, both sets and Adrian's both sets of grandparents. It was really nice. And so I made a little sign for that. That was all the kind of little acrylic signs that I made. And then, and I also made the seating chart. So for the seating chart, I saw on Pinterest, I kind of like the arch theme, like all of the signs being arches. So all my little acrylic signs were arches. And then I saw on Pinterest that you can make these big plywood arch signs. And I fell in love with that idea. And initially I was going to go to some home hardware store and I was going to get this piece of plywood and I was going to cut it and, you know, sand it and all this stuff. Adrian was fully on board with me making this arch sign. And he was like, yeah, we can absolutely do that. Like we just, you know, my dad has the equipment. We can make this. Anyway, I show it to my dad (laughs) who actually has the equipment. And he's like, we cannot make that. There is no way we can make that. To be fair, I think that we could have made it. But what actually ended up happening, and it turned out so, so well, was when I was looking for plywood, it was really expensive to get plywood from Home Hardware, from Lowe's and Rona. I don't know why. I didn't know plywood was expensive. I thought it was cheap, but plywood is not cheap. So I was looking on Facebook Marketplace if anybody was selling plywood. Anyway, I found this guy selling plywood and I messaged him and, you know, he had some available and he was like, oh, what are you using it for? And I said, I'm making an arch shaped sign for some signage at my wedding. And he was like, oh, well, I have a die cutter and I could cut this for you in the shape that you want. So problem solved. I didn't have to get my dad or Adrian or anybody to cut this wood for me. He was going to cut it for me. And while we were chatting, I was like, could you also add pieces of wood on the back to make it stand up on its own. He was like, yeah, of course. And I asked him the price and he was like $110, which is exactly the price that it would have been to buy all of the materials myself. So I was blown away. Anyway, his business information, he was really lovely. His name was Scott and he did a really wonderful job making the sign for me and getting it ready for painting. So his business is called Avellino Creations, A-V-E-L-L-I-N-O. He's located in Woodbridge, Ontario, 
and he just he did such a fantastic job and he was so lovely so if you're in the gta and you're looking for some wood uh signage to be made i think he also makes really big acrylic signs as well definitely go check him out because he was really great but i got this big giant sign and then what i did was i painted it again with the wedding colors i painted it the terracotta color and then with the cricket i cut out these big letters that said best day ever and then find your seat and i printed on this kind of textured cardstock, all of the tables and who's sitting at each table. And then I bought these little sticker wax seals and stuck it on the top of each one. It looked really beautiful. And I was so happy with how it turned out. I think that it was <laughs> my, I relied on my parents to get it to the venue and then take it home. And I think that they were kind of cursing my name because it was a, it was a little wide. It was four feet wide. In hindsight, I probably could have done it like three feet wide. But yeah, it turned out really beautifully. I also bought a mirror. In hindsight, I didn't really need this, but I thought it was really pretty and it added a nice touch. But I, I bought a, a mirror for 60 bucks from HomeSense. And then I also with the Cricut cut out welcome to the wedding of Brittany and Adrian and the date. And it was kind of at the opening of the ceremony. And that was a really nice kind of welcome sign. It was really beautiful. And since our ceremony, our wedding, as I haven't described yet, everything was outside. The ceremony was outside, the reception was outside, and it just looked really beautiful, this mirror in the woods. I loved it so much. Another thing I did that ended up making it into a couple of the speeches because it was just so such an epic uh, monumental task was I found these linen napkins that some other bride was selling on Facebook marketplace that she had used for her wedding and I decided that I wanted to dye these napkins. I had always wanted to find to figure out how to make colored napkins because I don't know if you know but buying napkins or renting napkins is actually so expensive and renting napkins it's kind of like well why don't I just buy them and then I can resell them after? Anyway, my napkins are probably unsellable at this point. So again, I keep saying hindsight, but I found this girl selling these linen napkins on Facebook Marketplace and I was like, amazing, I can dye them exactly the color I want to. So I got these napkins and I'm so excited and I look up how to dye stuff and I bought the RIT dye and I found the you know color formula that I exactly wanted to use and I was at the cottage and I saw on the RIT website, that's the brand of the dye, that you can dye them in the washing machine. I was like, this is so amazing. So I go through the process and I do it and they are dyed, but like not evenly, pretty splotchy. So I'm like, oh fuck, I have to buy more dye. And so I went back to Michael's and I got more dye and I was at the cottage again and I did the exact same thing. I did it in the washing machine and they were even splotchier. And what I came to realize is that our washing machine at the cottage is a high efficiency washing machine and high efficiency washing machines don't use very much water. And so unfortunately I didn't realize this the first time around, but what happened was as I'm pouring the dye into the, you know, detergent drawer, I guess it was just the dye was just kind of falling onto the napkins as they were spinning around in the machine. And so the dye was just like landing on them and staying where it was instead of being dispersed with them because of the water. So they were worse the second time around. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. So I was still determined to dye these napkins. My mom was like, Brittany, just like give up and use the white napkins that the venue is going to give you because the venue was going to give me white napkins. But of course that wasn't good enough for me. I had to, you know, go above and beyond. So I bought more dye and 
instead of using the washing machine again, because I'm like, clearly this is not going to work. Oh, I actually bought dye remover as well to try to remove some of the dye. That didn't really work, but I digress. We have the cottage. We have this like massive, I don't know. I called it my cauldron. I guess it, it's a metal basin. It's huge. So I brought that home and I'm like, I'm going to use this metal basin. I should have used the metal basin to begin with, but regardless. So two weeks before the wedding, it's a Sunday. I'm sitting on the kitchen floor. I fill up this massive basin with hot water. I like boil. I have all my large pots going on the stove. I have the kettle going, boiling water so I can get this water in this basin as hot as possible. And I fill it up. It took so long to fill it up. And I had to do two batches of the napkins, dyeing them. When I was actually dyeing them, I was like literally sitting on my kitchen floor for three hours, constantly stirring in my like witch's brew pot, all of these napkins. It worked out really well. The color was, you know, even you could still see the splotches to a certain extent on some of them where, especially where the ones where the splotching was really bad. But because I had to do two batches, I put all the dye in the water in the first batch and then there wasn't as much dye for the second batch. So now there's like two different color batches. But because the colors of the wedding, there's like a gradient and I actually had different color bridesmaid dresses as well. I had three different colors. It, I was like, it kind of goes with the bridesmaids dresses and it's like different. <laughs> Anyways, I thought they turned out pretty good. They had to get ironed though, and I don't have an iron. And so my parents were like, we'll iron them. Let us help you out, Brittany. Like, please let us help you out. So I'm like, okay, you guys can iron them. Anyway, ironing them was the bane of my parents' existence. I think it took them like, I don't even know, 10 hours to iron all these napkins because they had to wet them and they had to steam them. And they were really hard to get flat apparently because after I dried them, I just like shoved them into a bag and then gave them to my parents. Apparently I should not have done that. I should have folded them or laid them flat my bad. Sorry, mom and dad. But the napkins at the end of the day, my mom was like, she sorted them into different colors and she tried to put, you know, ones that were all the same color at one table. And she tried to, you know, put all the nice ones at <laughs> family tables and all the not nice ones are like, you know, friends can have these ones. I thought they looked really beautiful in the end. I was really happy with how they turned out, even though they may be unresellable. I might still try to resell them to be completely honest, because maybe there's some other unhinged bride out there that also wants to go down the same path that I went down. However, I have tips for her for how to not be so unhinged with the napkin dyeing. But so that was the journey, but I think it turned out in the end. <laughs> that was another one of my DIY projects. The biggest thing that I DIY though was my bridesmaid gifts. I one day scrolling through TikTok saw that somebody embroidered this frame essentially for a Polaroid picture. And it was all of these flowers kind of surrounding this Polaroid picture. And I thought it was so beautiful. And of course, immediately popped into my mind that, oh my God, I want to do that for my bridesmaid gifts. And I want to print off a little Polaroid picture of, you know, me and each of my bridesmaids and then embroider around it. While this was an amazing idea, everyone thought that I was insane for <laughs> thinking that I could finish this before the wedding because I came up with this idea in July I think it was because I remember embroidering when I was at the cottage but I finished the final one at like 11 p.m the day before the wedding <laughs> they turned out really beautifully they looked a little better before I don't know if you've ever embroidered before but basically you take this kind of stabilizing material and you put it in on the actual material that you're going to embroider onto. I use linen into the embroidery hoop and it, it helps to kind of hold the fabric tight so that when you are sewing through it, it doesn't like, you know, pull all over the place and whatever. 
and it's this kind of dissolving material. And so when I dissolved it, it wasn't as the embroidery wasn't as tight on the actual linen as it was beforehand. And so it didn't look exactly the same as when I embroidered it when I when I first did it like they looked so unbelievably gorgeous and they still were don't get me wrong but it wasn't in my perfectionist mindset it wasn't exactly <laughs> what I wanted but they turned out super cute and all my bridesmaids really loved them and it was really sweet on the morning of the wedding watching them all open it together um that was really special and I was really proud of having finished all of them but it was a labor of love for sure and it really tapped into the acronym of always be crafting. <laughs> the last thing that I DIY'd, I think it was the last thing, was actually the wedding cake. I decided that I wanted to make our wedding cake. It wasn't to be served for every single person at the wedding. It was just for Adrian and I to kind of cut as a little symbolic thing and to, you know, for both of us to eat. And so I made us this funfetti cake and I got the recipe from Sally's Baking Addiction. It was a really great recipe if you decide that you want to make the, the cake, but it was a super cute three layer funfetti cake and I got black like writable icing and I wrote just married on it and then I got this little figurine of Archer made. Some guy on Etsy, he has a 3D printer and he did like little 3D printed figurines of dogs and it was actually really inexpensive. It was like 20 bucks and I was so happy that I bought it. I put it on top and then I kind of dug a little hole out of the cake and put it on the figurine's face so it looked like he had eaten some of the cake. It was really cute and I was so happy with how it turned out. But that was another thing that I DIY'd as well. I think that was it. I did my own nails as well and that was... I do my own gel nails at home and I'm actually, I think, fairly good at it. But um, I left it to the day before just because I was so busy and I was working up until Wednesday kind of at noon that week of the wedding I got married on the Friday and I should have probably taken the Tuesday off the, the Tuesday was the busiest day that I've ever had I saw more clients on that Tuesday than I ever have in my whole career and I could have really used that time to probably do my nails or something because I was doing them the day before and I didn't quite get them exactly the way that I wanted them if you actually looked at them the shaping was super wonky but it was fine. They looked pretty and you can't, you're not going to be able to tell in photos. But that was another thing that I did myself too. I got my toes done. I got like a, a pedicure because I just don't do as good of a job shaving off all my foot skin as they do at the salon. But I'm pretty good at doing my fingernails. So I wanted to do them myself and save that money as well because it's crazy expensive getting your nails done. So um, yeah, those are all the things that I did for the wedding. And I was really excited to see how it all came together and when the day came we were getting ready in Markham so I was getting ready at my parents place and Adrian was getting ready at his sister and brother-in-law's place which is in Stouffville and so we left we woke up at 5 30 that morning on the Friday September 1st and we drove all the way to Markham which thankfully didn't take too too long that day we picked up one of his groomsmen along the way who also lives downtown and put him in the back with Archer and, you know, drove to Markham when the sun was basically still rising and got to Markham at about 7.30. My first bridesmaid was getting ready at 7 a.m. That's when the hair and makeup artist came. So she was already there at my house. My parents were, you know, already awake and everybody started kind of trickling in and the morning went by 
slow. The morning was nice. I still had to kind of finish a couple things. I still had to write my vows down. I had typed them out on the computer, but I needed to actually put them on paper and in the little notebook that I got from the dollar store. And so that took some time. I also, what else did I have to do? There's other thing, there's something else. Oh, I had to kind of figure out what the DJ still, there was another song that I needed to kind of request or put a timestamp for, I think for our first dance and for I needed to put in what I wanted my father-daughter dance to be as well. And so there's still some things that I was finishing up. I wish that I didn't have to do those the morning of. That was kind of annoying, but I mean, the vows thing was my own fault. I should have done that beforehand. But again, everything that I had to do just became a mountain the week of the wedding. So I don't even know. I probably should have prepared ahead of time, but hindsight, it all worked out in the end. It was fine. But the morning went by slow you know we had music on and everybody was really chilled and it was a beautiful sunny morning it was a beautiful sunny day the weather could not have been more perfect and everybody was just in a really happy mood and we got mcdonald's for breakfast and it was just really nice and i had some stomach problems that day actually that morning and my stomach is usually totally fine stomach of steel but I don't know, I was running to the bathroom with the runs and that was not fun. So my mom was like, you can't have any more mimosas. No more mimosas for you. Even though I'd only had one mimosa. She was like, the alcohol is not good for your stomach. So I only got one mimosa on my wedding morning, which was fine. But (laughs) yeah, I got some peppermint tea instead. That's what I, that was what the compromise was. And when I was done my peppermint tea, she was like, what would you like to drink now? you can't have another mimosa though. And I was like, I have a diet Coke. And for some reason, my mom decided that having a diet Coke was perfectly acceptable for my my stomach, but the mimosa was not. So I had a a diet Coke after that. But yeah, the photographer came at like 1145. And then we, you know, started getting all of our dresses on and getting ready. We took some bridesmaid photos in my parents' backyard. And that was really nice. My sister-in-law we started making a couple tiktoks and then of course we did not finish making the tiktoks which i'm sad about but yeah (laughs) we just i don't know we ran out of time and then it was time to go to the venue and we just called an uber and got all of us in the uber and we got to the venue and not everything was set up at that point but it was really nice to just see the vision see the vision of everything and how it was starting to come together and you know seeing my signs put out and the flowers had gotten there and the flowers were gorgeous oh my god my florist her name is bonnie solomons if you look her up on instagram it's uh, marigold prairies is her instagram handle she did such a phenomenal job they were everything that i hoped for and more and it was just so gorgeous the venue is so gorgeous and again the weather was just amazing it was like 23 24 degrees celsius so it was a little warm when we first got there but as the evening went on it cooled off so perfectly it never got too cold it was so nice and it was just so exciting and so we went to the bridal suite dropped off all our stuff and adrian was also on his way and we were doing a first look and so you know i didn't want him to see me before the first look and so he got there and you know I got intel that okay he was with the photographer moving over to the first look spot and then I came up and one of the groomsmen had Archie and Archie was going to be in the wedding and he was kind of beside himself he was he's not neutered yet we're getting him neutered soon but we've wanted to wait kind of until he's as close to the two-year mark as possible which is December 1st will be the two-year mark but he was just like stressed and humpy and wanting to hump me and It was a lot for him. In hindsight, I mean, I still wanted him to be there, but I think that it was kind of 
I don't know if it would have been different if he was neutered, to be completely honest. I think it could have been a little bit different, but yeah, he was kind of going a little crazy. So he only had the collar on. So they ended up putting the harness on him instead. And that like helped kind of wrangle him a little bit better because he's a hundred pound guy. He's a big guy, but we brought Archie, ended up bringing him to the first look place because he just wanted to be with Adrian and I, and then he calmed down, but it was so funny. Okay. So Adrian is in the first look spot and he's with Archie and I start approaching and I'm nervous and my heart is like beating in my chest. And I go up to Adrian, you know, I do the thing. I tap him on the shoulder. He turns around, we kiss. And then Archie latches himself onto my leg and starts humping me. (laughs) So what was initially really high emotions really just brought us back down to earth of like, okay, this is real life. Our dog is humping my leg right now because he's, you know, stressed out and (laughs) and like in a crazy mood. And anyway, so that was fun, but we had a really nice moment. We immediately started to cry. And so Adrian was like, photographer, videographer, I need you to leave. I can't have you here. And Adrian was like mic'd up. He had the microphone on his um, lapel of his, of his jacket. And he was like, we just need this moment to be for us. (laughs) And initially I kind of was like, oh, you know, I felt a little sad because I wanted it to be recorded and everything. But at the end of the day, that moment was for us. It wasn't for anybody else. And so I was really happy that we just kind of got to do it, the two of us. And, you know, I mean, we got that initial piece of video and, and photo when Archer was on my leg, but we got all the photos and video that we needed during the ceremony. So it was nice to just have that, the two of us. We read each other our vows. Actually, we did that before the ceremony and during the ceremony. And it was really nice because it got out all of those kind of initial jitters, all of those initial nerves. And it was really special to just have that be the two of us. But that took a little longer than anticipated because there was so much crying and pausing and crying. (laughs) And so after the first look, we took some photos, just the two of us. And then we wanted to do our bridal party photos and we ended up having less time for that. And then we also wanted to do family photos before the ceremony. We didn't have any time to do the family photos before the ceremony. So we just took that extra time to do some more bridal party photos. The time just kind of got away from us, but we did all those photos and then it was time for the ceremony, which was at 4.30. And so we went inside, the bridal party went inside. We just kind of took a minute, had a white claw (laughs) and then you know, got ready for the ceremony. And we had violists playing for the ceremony and they were going to be there for the cocktail hour as well. Their Instagram is viola set, V-I-O-L-A-S-E-T underscore. They're a Ukrainian couple. And I found them actually when I was taking the TTC to my job that happens every Thursday. And I saw them one week and I was like, oh, they're, they're really amazing. And then the following week they were in the subway station again and they were playing a song by the composer Ludovico Iannaudi, who Adrian really loves. And for his birthday last year, I got him tickets and we went to go see him live and it was just phenomenal. And they're playing one of his songs, kind of his, probably his most popular song. You might actually know it because I think it was pretty famous on TikTok for a little bit. It went viral. And I took a picture of their card, reached out and asked if they did weddings. And Adrian and I really both wanted some sort of live component of music at the wedding. And so we're like, hey, why don't we hire these guys? They're awesome. And so they were playing for our ceremony. So we came out for the ceremony. Adrian went in first. He actually walked in with his parents, which was really sweet. And the bridal party went in my best friend, Tara, she was Archie's handler and walked in with Archie and he did great. And you know, then it was my time to come in. And the song that I walked into was kind of the opening of Canon in D, the one that's like, da, 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 da,
it went into the song Married Life from Up. If you know the song that they play throughout the montage of Carl and Ellie's life, that's just showing, you know, how beautiful their life was and their their marriage and how much they loved each other. That was the song that I had to proceed down the aisle to. And about halfway down the aisle, I just started crying. (laughs) I just started crying. I was looking at the audience. I was looking at all of the people that we loved around us. And I was looking at Adrian and I just started crying. It was a really beautiful moment and it's in the forest and the sun is coming through the trees and it was just so ethereal. It was so beautiful beyond my wildest dreams. And our officiant did a really wonderful job of the ceremony. Her name is Francesca Bonta. Her Instagram, and I'm going to put all this in the show notes as well, but her Instagram is Francesca.CelestialCeremonies. And she did a really beautiful job. We still cried through our vows, even though we'd <laughs> already said them to each other and everybody was crying. We really got the whole audience going, but it was really beautiful. And afterwards, we took some family photos. Unfortunately, we didn't really get to go to the cocktail hour. That didn't quite work out. But, you know, I was kind of bummed about that. But again, you think the timeline is going to be one thing and then it's another thing. But we took the family photos. I mean, I guess actually Adrian got to go to a little bit of the cocktail hour, but I had to go bustle my dress because it was just going to get stepped all over. Not that I had the longest train in the world, but it was long enough that it was, you know, going to get stepped on. So I had to go bustle my dress and that was quite a thing. I had to have my sister and my other friend, Lynn, my other bridesmaid working on it as well. So that was fun. It became unbustled like four times throughout the night. So (laughs) yeah, went and did that and then came back and it was time for the reception and the sun had kind of gone down a little bit and it cooled off really nicely and the lights were on in the building. So the, the place that we had the reception in, it was still outside, it was still in the forest, but it was kind of this glass walled gazebo and it was open air and they had these string lights up in the beams and it was just so beautiful. My mom had made these four big planters with you know a lot of greenery and then some white flowers and we hung four of those from those beams as well so that kind of added some visual interest to the the ceiling area and it was just so beautiful the food was amazing it was just so awesome and we had speeches throughout dinner it was great I was a little I mean (laughs) me being me I was like do you think everyone's having a good time and do you think things are moving too slowly is there too much time in between speeches but Adrian kept, you know, he was really good at calming me down, being like, it's okay, just enjoy yourself and have a good time. And I was doing my best to be in the moment, but I was also a little in my head about that of like, oh, I just want to, you know, make sure everything's going well and whatever. But everything did, everything went super well. And my cousin Ryan, he was the MC and he was absolutely just so amazing. He had MC'd like five weddings before and he'd actually done one at our venue for his friends, which is so funny. But yeah, he did such a great job of like getting the vibe up and moving things along and introducing people and all of that. He did such a great job. And then the party was really fun after as well. The dancing was great and the DJ was awesome. Our DJ was, his name was Daisy and his Instagram is Signature ENT Toronto. His company is called Signature Entertainment. He did a wonderful job and It was just so much fun. I loved it so much. And it was so nice seeing everybody. We tried our best to talk to everybody as much as we could, but I don't know where the time went. Time just was flying by. As soon as we left my parents' house that morning, time absolutely did not exist. (laughs) I don't know what happened to it, but yeah, we tried to talk to everybody, you know, said hi to as many people as possible. It wasn't a huge wedding. It was perfect. 
I can't wait to get the photos and the video back because honestly, it just, again, it went by in the blink of an eye and I really would love to kind of see it from that outside perspective and just experience it again because I have so many memories from that day, but I would love to be able to relive it again because it was honestly so perfect and I'm so sad it's over. But after the wedding, the next day we went to brunch with both Adrian and my families. It was really, really nice. We had a good time. We kind of, you know, recapped the wedding and talked about what we really enjoyed and the funny things that happened and our favorite parts and all of that. And then we, the next day, went to Scotland on our honeymoon. So our flight was at 7.30 p.m. on the Sunday the 3rd and we flew into Glasgow. We were in Glasgow for the day. Then we were going to, you know, for the rest of the trip, kind of drive north and go through the highlands and back down and finish in Edinburgh. So we went to Glencoe, which was beautiful, and Fort William. We went to Isle of Skye. We were there for three days on the Isle of Skye. Then we went to Inverness and stayed there for a night and then down to Edinburgh for four nights, three full days. Our favorite parts were, I would say, the landscape. Scotland was more beautiful than either of us imagined it would be. We didn't realize how mountainous it was. We both thought there was going to be more rolling hills in Scotland, but it was so mountainous, so epic, and just so dramatic of a landscape. It was breathtaking. We loved it so much. We had the best weather. It only rained for like half a day, which is unheard of for Scottish weather. Normally it's very rainy and that's just the climate there and that's what happens. But it was sunny and it was warm. Neither of us brought shorts and we were sweating, (laughs) but we did some pretty awesome hikes. Our favorite hike was uh, when we were in and around the Fort William area. We did a hike to a place called Steel Falls and it was this really cool hike kind of through the forest and it was kind of rocky and then eventually you came to this opening where it was this valley with these huge mountains on either side and this beautiful waterfall and this little pond and a river and it was just so picturesque it was so it was gorgeous it was that that was it it was just gorgeous and we really enjoyed ourselves doing that hike and we did a lot of hikes we did one hike in the Loch Lomond and Trossachs National Park It was up to this place called Conic Hill. And apparently a mountain is like something 663 meters. This was a hill, which was 365 meters. It felt like a mountain though. We took several breaks going up. We were huffing and puffing. And then there's these like old German people who are just passing by us on the way up. Hello. And they're just not out of breath whatsoever. And they're just having the time of their lives. And there's these like 65 year old people. And, you know, here are these two 29 year olds like huffing and puffing up the hill. But we don't walk intense hills every single day. We were not trained for that. And so, um, you know, we didn't take that many breaks. I mean, I don't know, maybe four or five. <laughs> but it was really beautiful. And the top, the view was of uh, Loch Lamond, and it was amazing. It was just amazing. And there were so many sheep. There was sheep who everywhere actually on that hike. That was the one downside, but it was so wonderful. And we had such a good time doing it together. And the highlands were beautiful. We loved Isle of Skye. We went on this thing called a safari, and that was so much fun. We saw dolphins, but we got to see the whole eastern coast of Isle of Skye up to the northern point from the boat, which was really neat. So we got to see the Man of Store and Brothers Point and Kilt Rock all from the boat which was really awesome. And it was, a, again, a beautiful day. Our guide, Angus, with Isle of Sky Safari, that was the company. He said it was the best day weather-wise that they'd had all year, which was pretty phenomenal. So yeah, we saw dolphins, two pods of dolphins, actually, some gray dolphins and then some bottlenose dolphins. And they swam right up to the boat and they're swimming alongside the boat. And 
it was really magical. And we had some great meals too. We went to a Michelin star restaurant, actually in Inverness, a place called Rockpool. And that was really delicious. In terms of food, we definitely also loved the Scottish breakfast. That was something that we looked forward to every single day. I think we had it for breakfast like every day. Maybe one day I had avocado toast with eggs. I think that was the first day. And then after that, every day we had Scottish breakfast, which is eggs, beans, fried tomato, sauteed mushrooms, which is my favorite part, a tatty scone, which is a potato scone, but it's not really a scone. It's more like a flatbread made with mostly potato. It's kind of like, almost tastes like gnocchi, but more in a bread form. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. And what else comes with it? And toast. And typically it comes with haggis and blood pudding. We did not have that with our breakfast. We did try haggis at one point when we did a whiskey tour and we did a taste of Scotland tasting menu on our last or second last night in Edinburgh. And that was really cool. But yeah, no, no haggis with breakfast. <laughs> but the, the breakfast was delicious. Honestly, I wish I could have mushrooms for breakfast every single day and I could realistically, but also mushrooms are kind of expensive. So I actually kind of can't, but I could have beans for breakfast every single day. And I do have that in my rotation, but all the things together, so good. Loved it so much. We also saw some wicked castles. We saw, I think, five or six castles in total. Our favorite was the Blair Castle. Um, where was that one? Mm, that was when we were driving from Inverness down to Edinburgh. So it was just south of the Cairngorms National Park that we also stopped and did a little hike at. But the Blair Castle was so cool because when you came in, there were all these massive, giant trees kind of lining the roadway in. And it was almost this, it kind of looked like a German castle, actually, just the style of it. And it was from, it was built in, I believe, like the 1700s. But I think the original castle was older, but the one that was like still standing there was from the 1700s. And it was so lavish. Wood walls, paintings everywhere. They had like artillery art. It was crazy. Like they had guns kind of in murals and things and bayonets and swords and it was just really well maintained and really cool the grounds were really neat as well the family had actually imported like 300 years ago some california redwoods and so there are these massive california redwoods and these giant firs from new zealand as well that they'd also imported on the property so that was really neat to see because actually Scotland has mostly been clear cut. I mean, people have been there for so long and so they needed the resources. So the land has just been totally clear cut. And I think they're in the process of reforesting, but there's not actually a ton of forest in Scotland. I think only 2% of Scotland is forest. So yeah, it was really cool to see these like giant old trees. So yeah, it was really neat. We also really liked the Aelin Donnan castle. That was really neat as well. That one was more kind of medieval we really liked that one too so but we saw a ton <laughs> and that was a really that was a highlight we went on some great walking tours in edinburgh we did a, a daytime tour like a historical tour we did a nighttime spooky tour which was really fun too and yeah we just we really enjoyed each other's company we really enjoyed just basking in the high of the wedding and it was so much fun exploring a new place adrian had never been to europe which i guess I mean, it's the UK, not Europe, but he'd never been to that side of the world before. And it was really cool to kind of 
do that together and we want to travel so much more. It was so nice going after the wedding and not just having to go back to real life on Monday. I think that would have been really hard. It was nice to kind of continue just how special everything felt and get to do this super fun thing. I just, I have no words, honestly. I feel so grateful for just everybody that helped and contributed to the wedding and for my parents and Adrian's parents and my bridesmaids and I just, it was so special and it's honestly been hard. I knew it was going to be hard kind of coming out of that. I always get kind of bummed after trips or really fun weekends or whatever that it's over and I knew that the wedding was really going to be something that there's just so much emotion that goes into it and then it's just over. And so I knew that I was going to have a hard time afterwards. And this week I've been okay. Monday was, you know, a little bit hard and coming back to work. And when we came back on Thursday, I was, you know, I was a bit bummed. And we also came back to our apartment too. Um, a mouse that had eaten all of our wedding flowers that we had left out that, you know, weren't given to people. And so we had to totally clean the whole apartment, like tear it apart and throw out a bunch of stuff when we got back. Um... And we were so jet lagged and we just wanted to relax and it was a lot. But yeah, I was kind of bummed after that from just the letdown from everything. But I, you know, now it's Wednesday. So it has, we haven't been back for a week yet, but I'm feeling okay. And I'm excited about work and I'm excited about what's to come in the business and group coaching started this week. So that's been really nice. And it's just taking it one day at a time. I think I get really excited for things, which is you know, that's just part of who I am. I, even if it's really small things, I get really excited, but I think sometimes the come down from that for me can be a lot too, just to normalcy again. So yeah, just taking it one day at a time. What I did want to mention and what's really important to mention, I think too, is just reflecting on how different this experience has been for me after having gone through eating disorder recovery. And I've, I've thought about it, how, it would have been going through the whole wedding process, not having gone through eating disorder recovery and still being in disordered eating and, and restriction and binging and obsessing over my body, obsessing over food and just how much brain space that would have taken away from the point of getting married and the wedding and how much that would have sucked the fun out of all of the crafts that I did and all the things that we planned and the actual day itself and like wedding dress shopping and all of it, including the honeymoon. I mean, trips used to be such a massive, oh my God, they used to be so hard. I would just drive myself nuts leading up to them, trying to do everything I could to change my body. And then because I had restricted so much beforehand when I was on the trip, it was like every meal was the last supper. Every meal was the last meal that I was going to have. And it had to be, you know, the most indulgent. There was no listening to my body. I was always eating past fullness because I was also thinking that when I was going to get home, I was just going to get right back on track and I had to restrict again. And so it was perpetuating this out of controlness on the trip. And it just was horrible. And none of that happened. I am so grateful that that wasn't even an issue that, I mean, I'm not saying that didn't cross my mind that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a little worried of how these pictures are going to turn out or like how my arms are going to look or, you know, just making sure my dress is actually going to fit all these things. Like, I'm not saying those things didn't cross my mind. That's very normal, but they weren't all consuming. They weren't invasive. They didn't take over any more of my brain space than they needed to. They didn't interrupt my behaviors. They didn't interrupt me like living my life or enjoying myself up to the wedding. And, you know, I'm sure when I do get back the photos, there are going to be some that I don't like. I mean, I made, and I was really happy I did this. I made a Google drive 
a shared Google Drive um, or Google Photos or whatever for guests to upload their photos to so that we could see, you know, different people's perspective of the day. And there are some photos that I've seen in there that I love. And there are some photos that I'm like, I don't really love the way that I look. But the point is to not give so much weight and so much emphasis to the ones that I don't like because there's going to be both and let's give the power to the ones that I do like and embrace those and let the ones that I don't like just be photos of me that I don't like right it's okay it doesn't mean anything and we can move forward from it and since everything was just I mean as you know from my being craftzilla leading up to the wedding I was busy and I think another piece about recovery that just really allowed this process to be as low stress as possible because honestly I actually wasn't stressed about the wedding I honestly was not stressed until kind of like the last couple days where I'm like oh my god how am I gonna get everything done but I was not stressed about the wedding and part of that is because of food freedom and leading up to the wedding just because I had so many things to do I had so many things on my mind I was still working of course I wasn't going to the gym I stopped going to the gym I don't really remember when to be honest and I think that also says a lot about how little that mattered in my mind, but I don't think I went to the gym like from now I went on on Monday, but I don't think I had gone for like six weeks, truthfully. And yes, I mean, I was still walking my dog once or twice a day or none, depending on, you know, when Adrian and I would kind of balance that and sort that out between one another. But I just had other things that were more important. I just didn't really feel like I had the capacity for it. I didn't feel like I had the capacity to do anything else. My energy was spent elsewhere and that felt fine. Would it have been different if I wasn't walking the dog and would I have felt more of a pull or a push to kind of move my body in that way and do that? Maybe, I don't know. Going to the gym was something that I was pretty regular at before all of the wedding stuff and so I think that's part of having flow with it and having a good relationship with it is that ability to take a break from it and to let other things in life take greater priority and not be so stressed about it to just let it be and know that and trust in yourself that I'm going to come back to it when I'm ready I'm going to come back to it when I have space it's always going to be there it's not going anywhere and Monday when I actually went to the gym it was really nice to just to actually feel that pull to go because I mean I was feeling some anxious energy on Monday I was like oh my gosh I'm kind of overwhelmed with you know work and everything and I really wanted to use that anxious energy and like get it out and move my body and sweat a little and it felt really good to do in a way that it didn't feel good leading up to the wedding and I'm really glad that I backed off and that you know, I'm in a place that I can back off and there's not this whole secondary narrative about, oh, what does this mean for my weight? And am I going to gain weight? And like, am I going to lose my muscle or whatever else? Like there was none of that. It was just, I don't have the capacity right now and that's okay. And that's a really beautiful place to get to. And that's where I want all of you to get to is that place where you can do it and you can be regular with it and have flow with it. And some weeks, you know, you go more and some weeks a little less, maybe some weeks you don't, maybe a little period you don't. And then when you feel that pull, you you get back to it. And it doesn't have to be the gym. That's just my thing right now. But now actually what I really want to get into is I want to do pole fitness. I want to go to pole classes and there's actually a place that opened up not too far from me. It's just two subway stops away and they offer classes and I really, really want to go. So that's something that I'm looking into, but I would, I'll need to like block off time on my schedule because I think their classes are usually at five to kind of 5.55. So 
I'll need to figure that out and how that's actually going to work and what frequency that's going to be. Because I actually did cancel my gym membership right before we went to Scotland because I was like, I'm not using this. And when I go back, I knew I wanted to do the pole fitness. So my membership is still active till October 31st, I guess. I don't know. Even though it's bi-weekly payments, I thought that it would like stop, but I guess they bill ahead of time or something. I don't even know, but I have time to figure it out. But that's something that I really want to do and I'm really excited about doing and I think will be really fun. So yeah, that's kind of my update with all of that. So recovery has really just allowed me to be and have the best wedding that I possibly could have and be the most present that I possibly could have been because there's already enough that's taking you away from being present on that day, right? There's so many things to think about and to, you know, manage and organize and whatever. And so not having food and body be something that contributes to the pull away from being present is it's life changing and it, it, it is night and day. So I'm really grateful for that. When it comes to coaching and business, my final update, group coaching, as I mentioned, for Food Freedom University started on Monday, and it's a really wonderful group. I'm super excited about this cohort. We're running from September 18th, and then we finish kind of the second week of January, which is when my next group will start, my new year group. So if that's something you're interested in, feel free to like send me an email. I don't have excuse me, an official wait list or anything like that right now. Maybe I'll start that up. But if you're interested in kind of getting on a wait list, an unofficial wait list that I can just start in an Excel spreadsheet, um, send me an email at brittanyallison.rd at gmail.com and I'll put you on there. I'm also accepting some one-on-one clients right now as well. So if you're interested in working with me in a one-on-one capacity, don't hesitate to reach out. I'll also put my contact form in the show notes for this episode as well. So you can reach out to me that way. But what working one-on-one with me looks like is meeting either every week or every other week for 60 minutes per session. Each session is getting into what's coming up for you right now. What isn't feeling good? What patterns are coming up? What's happened in the last week? And that always leads into other conversations about, okay, where is this coming from? What beliefs are rooted in this? What's perpetuating this pattern? And based on what we talk about, I also give you strategies and tools to work on. So it's not just, all right, let's talk about all these things and then see you next week. It's based on what's coming up. Here are tools and strategies that you can implement to help heal this pattern, to make this feel better, to make this go away. So it's counseling based, which I don't know. I mean, a lot of people who think about seeing a dietitian, they don't think that it's going to be counseling based. They think it's like, you know, all meal planning and whatever. And that's not the work that I do with my clients. Of course, we do talk about the practical aspect with food and, you know, what that looks like, but it really is very heavily counseling based and coaching based as well in terms of, okay, here's what we can do. Here are the action steps. Here's what is going to make this go away. So I love bringing those two things together. It really creates a very holistic view of food freedom and intuitive eating and making it really make sense and work in your life. In addition to our sessions, you also get access to modules that cover food, body image, mindset, health, exercise, all the things that you need to address in this work. And you can also reach out to me in between our sessions. um, If you have any questions, if you need support with anything, if you're having a rough patch, whatever it is, I'm there for you in between sessions. So I really love working with one-on-one clients. I have a few spots open, like I mentioned, for the fall. So if you're thinking about, oh, this might be a good idea, this might be something I want to explore, just 
book a free call with me, a free 30 minute call, and we'll just see what you're looking for, what you're going through. I'll give you some more information and we can decide if it's a good fit. And if you want to move forward, it's a no commitment call. It's just to kind of make sure we vibe together and uh, make sure it's a good fit. So again, I'll put the link to book that in the show notes so you can reach out to me and we can book our call. But I think that's everything that I have in terms of my life update. I don't think I have anything else. If you've stuck around this far, thank you so much. I didn't realize that this was going to be 49 minutes as we're out right now, (laughs) but I guess I had a lot to update you on. So I'm back at it again. I'm going to be more regular at posting on social media as regular as I can be. And I'm still always behind the scenes working with my clients, doing the good work, and I'm really excited to get back into it. So thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. We're going to be doing a client story episode. I have one lined up and ready to go. So look forward to that. See you then.